Good morning. It is still morning. We were working through technical difficulties. Welcome to the next episode of the Third Wheel Podcast. Thank you all for joining us today. How are you doing, Shaps? Hey, the wheel's still turning. That's what I like to say. Ba-boom. Oops, hit the mic. Well, I think we got a really good episode for today. Uh, so to follow up, uh, a couple episodes ago, or maybe it was last episode, I don't remember, uh, we had Brianna on, and we tried that Jonas Brothers popcorn. Um, we both thought it was pretty mediocre. Or actually, all three of us were like, eh. To follow up on that, Brianna <laughs> did provide some of that buttery, salty popcorn she was talking about that was way better, and it was way better. So if you're taking notes, Rob, mm. you know, he's talking about how he made all this stuff in his house. So many people can do it way better. I, you know what? This might be the first time you're hearing it. I actually kind of enjoyed that popcorn. In fact, I went back handful after quote unquote handful. I really enjoyed the barbecue popcorn. That was quite unique. It really, it really satisfied the uh, country spice in me, as they say. <laughs> oh God, that wasn't Jonas Brothers. It was Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> you have heard. Oh, of that's things. true. I think Rob had nothing to do with that popcorn. No, <laughs> honestly, no. He's just like walking around. He's taking people's popcorn. Like. <laughs> uh, you know. Okay. Um, I think that episode with Bree was like one of my favorites. So I keep going backwards and just listening to that. Mm. And then uh, I've, I've re-listened to that popcorn eating like twenty times. It's what? phenomenal. <laughs> well, that's not a weird thing to say at all. What? <laughs> why? Why? You, why? Which parts <laughs> specifically? You know what? That's the last time I opened up to you. <laughs> Good. Ladies and gentlemen, we got a great show for you today. So I, I wanted to follow up with Brianna's popcorn. The other thing I want to follow up on was uh, homeschool dating. Turns homeschool out, dating. Turns out it's not a thing. But Shep's what a, so full of crap. But what a great time. idea, isn't it? Like, okay, not no. for... No. No, no, no. Okay, no. Let me, hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. I don't think children should be dating. No, that's not what I'm saying. Of course not. What I'm saying is... It could bleed into it. Hold on, let me let me uh, put this out there. What if it like was for homeschool parents, particularly moms or something, you know? And they need to like, well, I guess dads are being part of it too. And yeah, they, you, they, mean, yeah, don't. Say, I'm talking about like single parents, you know, who are homeschooling. That's a hard job to do. That's a hard thing to do. And then there's no really no time for themselves, you know, because typically they're homeschooling or they have a job or they're homeschooling and they have a job. Where's their Where's their time? You know what I'm saying? Where's their companionship in their lives? So, I think it'd be really cool if there was a program where these single parents can just meet up and compare curriculums. They can compare uh, teaching strategies. They can compare uh, each other's children. You know, like oh, mine is getting A's in science, but this is S weird. in math. How can I fix that? Yeah, um, what an interesting idea for an episode, buddy. Um, <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm just, just yeah. saying. Well, I, I do remember when we were kids, like my mom having to buy stuff off of people. So I remember uh, Bree brought up sex and math, and I was like, dang, like I bring back memories here. But I do remember, like we had some weird back back of a van or behind a dumpster deals where oh, you know yeah. moms would meet up and like swap out curriculum. That's what or, I'm saying. They already yeah. have like this whole system figured out. They just need someone to sanction it. You know, they mm-hmm. need someone to centralize. They need someone to lead them. Well, I think this is the worst idea ever, but I like where you're heading with it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's what all conceptions are for, right? They Wait. start ugly at first. Well, I actually think you did put some good ideas out there. I mean, let's compare our children. <laughs> this one's a monster. <laughs> and this one's... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So when we struck on the topic of uh, homeschool last time, I was like, man, we had some really good, like, deep personal discussions. I did kind of want to talk about, I guess, 
So we, we decided on the topic for today, like greatest fear. And I like that idea. I don't know. Did yours kind of start when you were younger? Or Oh, yeah. Pra- yeah. Practically from birth. Really? Oh yeah. Okay. So as soon as you popped out of mom, you're like, honestly, I remember, oh god, I'm scared of. I remember, spiders. I remember these particular fears all the way back since I was like probably six or seven, mm. to be honest. Really? And it's almost like there's like a core fear, and then there's like sub fears branched off of that essentially that all kind of lead back to the same source. Mm. If that makes sense. No, I, I think it does make sense. I don't know where mine stemmed from. I mean, we'll get into what these fears are eventually, of course, but. I, you know, I don't know where these I don't know where these came from. I don't think really anyone really does know because it, I think it all has to stem back from childhood one way or another. And so much of the time, we don't actually remember mm-hmm. those particular traumatic parts. And yeah. I'm not even saying it all has to be traumatic. Like, right. for instance, you can be deathly afraid of um, squids, but like you never encounter one in your life, you know, but you don't even know why you're afraid of them. You just are. That's not mine. But right. No, I uh, think, well, uh, I mean, while we're pulling up underwater stuff, anything underwater terrifies me, <laughs> if I'm being honest with you. Like, cause you, you know, unless you're at the aquarium where you can see in a big tank, yeah. like in actual water, it's really dark. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's, you don't know what's coming at you, mm-hmm. whether it's a fish or a shark or something. So sure. I mean, if we're talking about <laughs> deep fears here, underwater stuff, anything. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess I'll get started on this. Yeah, please. My, my core fear, and it's going to, it's going to sound weird if you're thinking about this when you're a kid, but really that's kind of where it started is to let people down or to like kind of disappoint mm. people, you know, and that sounds very basic, but let me like, hear me out. Like they actually... <laughs> can manipulate parts of my life because uh, it's actually lasted. Uh, it's a little different now, but essentially it can be a whole du- bunch of different things. There's so many ways to disappoint someone. What I mean specifically is not if like someone doesn't like me, it's if someone puts trust in me who does like me and I let them down, like I actually drop the ball. That is like the worst possible thing that could happen. It actually mm-hmm. kind of ruins my day, okay. if not my week, depending on the severity of the situation. A common occurrence is when I'm late to something. Like if uh, if we agree to be, hey, we have to meet up here at this time to talk about this. I will pretty much put, you know, as long as it's like, if it's like uh, very serious, you know, or they're taking it seriously. Not if it's like kind of um, loosey-goosey or uh, lighthearted. More like, hey, we need to talk about this super serious thing. I'll be there you know probably like five ten minutes early or 20 minutes early just so i make sure i'm not late and if i am late they'll say you know like man like kind of wish you were there like that just like those few uh mm. collection of words were like oh my gosh like i just failed really hardcore and like it happens all the well it used to happen all the time with like work for instance if i was late to a job i used to carpool one time and this was like the worst possible memory of it one of the worst uh for this kitchen job and this guy picked me up or like drove near my apartment around like 5 a.m. I had to be there at the kitchen around 6, like six o'clock or 5.30 or something like that. And I fell asleep like on my couch waiting for him. And he took off without me. And then he was like calling me up. He was like, what the heck, man? Like, I'm going to be late for work now. Like, you did this. You did that. I'm like, yeah. oh, my gosh. That is like, I was like completely just uh, what do i do you know like yeah. i don't know what to do in that situation and you completely lose all rational thought so it's almost like a, i think it ties into a little bit to anxiety so i have struggled with anxiety before and mm-hmm. it feels like the walls around you literally are like compressing and crushing you yeah um actually i don't know if anyone here on our show listens to john i think it's dr john delaney delaney uh he's an extension of uh dave, dave ramsey. ramsey dave ramsey 
Yeah, uh, he's an extension of that. He has his own podcast where people call in mm-hmm. and give their problems. And he says, like, all anxiety is is just like an alarm system. Right. Like, your alarms are going on. Yeah. Uh, I know a lot of people, like, I have anxiety, and then they kind of let that, like, rule their life. I don't mm-hmm. think you do, and I understand what you mean. Like, sure. you get it, it makes you anxious. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't put too much stock into, like, you know, I have anxiety and all that kind of... Like, all anxiety is just, like, an alarm system going off, you know? But, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not telling you nothing that, like, to... You well, know, there's also a misconception with anxiety is that it's only a negative thing, yeah. which in in ways it kind of is. But what I like about, <laughs> it's going to sound weird, but what I like about having anxiety is that I actually can relate to other people yes. who have anxiety on a totally different level that a lot okay. of people cannot. Let's let's save that thought because that, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, we need to get through the traumatic portion yeah. of the talk before we start talking about how sure. uh, things get better. But uh, that, that's so great. Like, I love that. But you're right. Let's Tra- hold that back. <laughs> Traumatically, though, yeah. I don't know really what set it off. It probably was just I was highly sensitive as a kid. Uh, and anything, you know, would throw me off. You yeah. know, anything would ruin my day. So in or- if, it, if I found out that it was my fault on something. Yeah. Um, and there were, like, a few figures in my life that would, like, actually take it to the extreme. I remember, uh, well, I'm not going to get into that. That's a... That's a little deep. There's... Let me ask you, mm-hmm. um, what was the earliest you ever felt like, man, I don't like disappointing anybody? Can you think of the earliest moment when you were like, this is something I really hate? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It was probably when I made my mom cry for the mm-hmm. first time. No, <laughs> the first time. Goodness. Well, actually, <laughs> I think I've only done it once, uh, yeah, to, to, to once. be honest. I just think about it because... Um, that's all it took, dude. I think uh, me and my sister were like, we went to the hospital. I forgot how old we were. We probably no older than, I was no older than like probably seven or eight. And uh, me and my sister just started fighting and we got into it all the time. And my mom just like got to the point where she just couldn't take it anymore. And she just started crying. And that literally shut us both up, mm-hmm. like permanently. <laughs> so, um, and I kind of just like had this little boy thought, like I'm never going to make my mom cry again. And I don't know if that was the, core reason for everything but it definitely contributed oh like, yeah I'm never gonna, i can see that being a really i'm big... never gonna let her down again. yeah i feel the same way whenever uh, so my you know we were raised on corporate punishment which is basically spanking right yeah. my mom was always very good about that like you know never doing that out of like you know mm-hmm. that's it you know anger and stuff like that right um there was one uh, the only times that i know i really messed up was when she lost she would lose control and like slap me anywhere but mm-hmm. like on my arm or stuff never on the face or anything but right. whenever she lost cool and didn't go through the ritual of like okay everybody go to my room it's time for spanking mm-hmm. the only times when she did it on the spot that's when i knew i messed up like oh, yeah. i was like oh man I, I really made mom so mad that she just went in and did it on the spot <laughs> oh yeah uh, yeah. So my mom is like, you know, one of the nicest people in the world, yeah. but I was absolutely terrified of her as a kid. Not like, not in an unhealthy way, but I'm right. like, when I F up, so like, uh, if I got a bad report card, if the school had to call her and she had to come early to pick me up, all she would have to do is she had these sunglasses that completely <laughs> shaded her eyes so you couldn't tell what expression she was making. But then like you get in the back of the car, she wouldn't say anything. She would just look at you mm. and you knew everything you did. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, there's no yeah. fighting this, right? I, I wasn't the type of kid to yell at my mom and dad. Like, yeah. no, I was just like, no, I, I did this. I'll punish myself now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the one thing you never wanted to hear mom say was mm. go to my room. Oh geez, when, when yeah, you're like, go, yeah. That's like getting like that's the chopping you block. Could, right yeah, there. you could hear the death bells. Like, <laughs> Ding. Yeah, and then like, like the priest right behind yeah, you, like uh-huh. da, 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 yeah. Da, da, da. Okay, so uh, this could be funny. Um, <laughs> so 
whenever we're out at Walmart and we were acting up, it was like if we heard when we get home, go to my room, like oh, you knew. Gosh. And so you know, and then the, you try everything in your power to swear. Try, yeah, I was like, mom, I'll, I'll, oh. I'll do the dishes. I'll do cho- I'll do all the chores you say. You know, you, you, your I start, sentence. Yeah, like uh, can I can I take a plea deal for a lesser <laughs> sentence? <laughs> yeah, that's great. Now, um, so what I also wanted to talk about, and we could get. We'll oh wait, get wait, hold you. on. I, I did want to add to this part. So. Oh, yeah. She would always have, so we go to the room and then we're like, okay, it's time, right? So then uh, she she she'd have the Bible ready. Oh boy, you know what I mean? It's like reading our last rites, but she'd make us turn to like three or four verses that we had to read. Right. And so it'd start off. I'd read the first verse or maybe the first two verses, but by that third one, I knew what was coming next. So it was like, so then it's like uh, I get to the third or fourth verse, and I knew like as soon as I'm done reading this, it's Honor time. Honor thy father, thy mother. Y- yep. <laughs> Fathers do not provoke your sons to hate. She's like, keep reading, you know. (laughs) You know, did did your mom have to go through several? uh, So we had a paddle we always used, and I'm not gonna lie to you, like it was it was probably just a regular like ping pong paddle. Uh, or something like uh, that you have this, the rubber band on, you can mess with the ball. Well, that that was off of it, and it had like an mm. eagle on it. It was like, oh, man, this is for delivering justice. <laughs> <laughs> we um, so we, never, we actually never got spanked, but oh, okay. my mom was just so effective. Not Again, not being scary, just being disciplined, you know, disciplining us yeah, yeah. Um, and keeping us in line. Even my sister, who was like the biggest rebel ever, she couldn't fight back. Like, that's just how powerful she yeah. was, and she still is. Um, and I admire her for it, you know, nowadays. Like, to, to do all of that without, like, really um, losing it and just hitting us. Like, mm. you know, I don't yeah. judge any parent who does yeah. it, like, healthily, you know, sure. in a healthy way. But um, she just kind of had this presence, you know, undeniable presence. The only time she would, like, lose her temper and actually yell, she's Italian, by the way. So, like, right. that's just part of her blood, you know. She grew up in a family just like that. Yeah. Is when, like... Um, it got it started to get like bloody like if me and my sister like fought so hard that like someone got hurt then she would like actually she put so many holes in walls like, <laughs> like Wait, your sister not. no my mom oh goodness okay i missed that part <laughs> <laughs> she went once you know like the door stopper uh, on door you know where a door is supposed to yeah she like once slammed a door so hard the door stopper i think like went mm. inside the wall uh <laughs> <laughs> That was crazy. Yeah, you see that image and you're done. There was one time. There was one time my brother. He, I don't think he punched a hole in the wall, but I think uh, the, uh, my brother was running at my other brother, and then my brother jumped out the way like last second. And he, I don't know if it was his elbow or something, but he put a hole in the wall. <laughs> and then dad, uh, dad came home one time. It was like you literally brought the house down. <laughs> literally, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're gone for one hour, and you literally bring the house down. <laughs> Oh my so, gosh! But, uh, um, yeah. but God, God bless her. She's an amazing woman. Yeah, my my <laughs> mom is too. She's phenomenal. Still is. Thank God. Oh yeah. She's only gotten better as time went on. So when you were about to transition, was that going to change it from? Because uh, I still got to give my yeah yeah. My um, you know what? Uh, let's do yours first, and then I'll talk about kind of how I deal with my fears nowadays compared yeah. to how I deal with. Oh my child. yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, if I'm being honest with you, I don't know where this came from. Mm-hmm. I really don't. Yeah, and it, it was so weird that I would struggle with it as like a young, like a thirteen year old. I don't get it. Um, I can I have a theory, but I don't know if I could ever really put it to to words, or at least have it be like the right answer because I don't know. But mm-hmm. um, I really struggle with a fear of abandonment, which mm-hmm. is weird because you know family never abandoned me. Um, friends, 
I've had like relationships with in, in friendships. I mean, yeah, in the sense of like friendships where i've had to cut somebody off which is hard by the way like everyone on facebook acts like it's so easy like oh i can't wait to block this person if they don't like something i post i'm not like that because Mm -hmm. it's like if i'm if i have someone on facebook we we usually had a really good friendship or a really good like hey we had a great encounter that one night even if i never see him again like we connected in a way it's like Mm -hmm. i kind of want to somewhat keep you in my life somehow even if it's through facebook which isn't like 100 percent real and when i say fear of abandonment i do i am talking about women in in relationships so i don't know how i was struggling with this so so young oh so it was before you started dating yeah way before so i i had to have been 12 or 13 when i was super terror terrorized by the thought of like being with someone and then them them saying i'm not good enough and then leaving wow as far as like fear like i can relate on your end as far as like you know letting people down i don't like letting people down either but it's not like a fear i have because i I am a pretty competent individual where if i let someone down it's because i really struggled like i I, but i tried i did my best if i forget something and then i let somebody down Mm -hmm. like oh oops my bad but i can move past it it doesn't feel good obviously but i can move past it but i really have a fear of like um, and of course all the alpha males on this are like, oh bro, you know, I've, you know, I've been left by people before and it's right. totally, you know, you move on. But I've always had a deep rooted fear of being divorced mm-hmm. or, uh, being with someone and them saying like, Hey, you're not good enough. You're the, you know, or whatever. And then leaving. Wow. Um, I don't know why the, the only thing I can think of, and th- this does go back to my childhood. So biological dad, not the best person. I wouldn't even say he's a good person, but who am I to judge? He was always accusing my mom of like, you know, you're cheating on me or you're going to leave me. Like all this stuff all the time in front of all of us as kids. Yeah. And so like I had to have picked it up from him mm-hmm. and like listening to how he talked to mom, listening to how he talked to other people. And, you know, I mean, I, I don't know this for sure. You know, he's not here to defend himself, but I'm pretty sure he was the one cheating. He was the one talking to other people. But he would always uh, take out like some kind of hurt or past torment that he had on my mom. And I mm-hmm. think I just absorbed that. So I get to like, I'm 13 years old, you know, I'm not even, my mom wouldn't let me date till I was 18, which was a great idea, yeah. but I'm sitting here at 13 years old. I'm still five years away from being able to date somebody Wow. being afraid of like, oh man, my marriage is going to fall apart. That's kind of ridiculous. You no, know what I mean? But like, interesting. but where does that come, you know, I'm so, like, where, where would something like that come from where I'm struggling with these thoughts at 13 years old? I'm 27 now, you know, I'm, I'm nowhere near getting married. Mm. So what would make me struggle with that at such a young age where I'm still not even uh, like 15 something years later almost? Why was I afraid of something that was still at least 15 years away? I don't, you know, that's weird to me. Yeah, you know, I actually don't. I don't I actually don't struggle with like self confidence issues a whole lot anymore. I used to all the time in childhood, um, but not really so much anymore. But I still have that kind of almost primal fear. Like if I one day, you know, when I do get married, like. Will I be good enough? You yeah. Because you don't know what their expectations are going to be. And that's, you know, like that's bullcrap to feed yourself. You know? Yeah, for sure. Um, but it's still kind of always, you know, beneath the surface, you know, yeah. like, again, that's why I said primal. It's not something that uh, I think is normal to think about or it's normal, but like not in the sense where it's mm-hmm. healthy. You know, everyone's got insecurities, too. Mm-hmm. That's another thing. Um, I used to be uh, beat myself up for having those thoughts. And it's yeah. like, well, you know, people people struggle with stuff like uh, being insecure is it looks different for everybody, but like, you know, mm. everyone goes through it. Everyone's insecure in a way. So there's yeah. really, you don't have to kick yourself too hard because that's something everybody struggles with. Sure. 
I've never been divorced, but I've been th- I have been through some bad breakups, mm-hmm. and I, I've actually uh, weirdly enough I've been the guy that has not abandoned people, but been the one to like break up, you know, and like sure, you know, and the girls that I've had to break up with have have been like you know oh you're abandoning me oh you're but you know they use that word abandonment that word I'm afraid of for myself they've also used for me right. Granted, a lot of that was in the moment, and they were mad at me. I don't think it's fair to say like hey we're not working out. I think we should break up. That's not abandonment. It's right. not. But that's how they feel. And I don't want to discount anyone's feelings. But they were so quick to throw that word abandonment at me. Mm. And it, 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 I mean, it worked. Like, it made me feel like I had abandoned them. But even though it's really not what was going on, that yeah. wasn't my heart when breaking up with them. I just thought it wasn't going to work. The, 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 the couple times I have been in love, I do feel like I was abandoned. Mm-hmm. So it's happened to me. But I do know that even though it sucked... Like, you know, being abandoned, being cut off. One day you're you're having all these really good texts and you're having all these really good, like, man, I love this girl. Mm-hmm. And then the next day it's gone. You know what I mean? Having that ripped from you. It was just as bad as I had always pictured it. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Those, those wounds, I wouldn't say they ever fully heal. Mm-hmm. But I will say it was about as bad as I pictured it when I was 13 years old. It did hurt just That's as weird. bad. You yeah. know, I, I'm not an expert on the matter, but I yeah. would say probably the biggest difference between the matter of like abandoning someone and then separating from someone or distancing from someone is the intention behind it. Yeah. Are you trying to hurt them and you do not care about their feelings or are you trying to do it mutually in, health, yeah. in a healthy way? Right. I don't think you've ever had the intentions of I'm just going to throw this person out. I don't care what they think. Like you're right. always caring about what the other person yes. thinks. Like you just yeah. said it yourself. Yeah. I mean the, the girl that I had to break up with, I had to talk to a guy who I just met that night. Yeah. Cause I, I had to go to work. I worked nights at the time and I was like, I don't know how to break up with somebody. And, um, I had this random coworker I'd never met before. Um, I had, I just sit there and I started crying. I was like, he's like, bro, what's wrong? I was like, bro, I got to break up with this girl. I don't know what to do. You know? And, yeah. and then we, we talked it out. Um, he's like, bro, you can't, you know, he, he walked me through it and yeah. it, it sucked, but you're right. Um, cause I, I felt so guilty about it for a right. long, like six months after the fact. And, and some people make you feel guilty over it, even right. if they don't realize they yeah. are. And you know what? She was a sweetheart. Mm-hmm. She was like, I mean, she was mad at first. She used the word abandonment, all that kind of stuff. But she was, that was in the moment. Yeah. I don't usually fault people for saying something they don't mean in the moment. Sure. So I know she was upset and she started just saying stuff, but did she, she did come back later and say, I'm sorry, which is great. Like we were still like friends after and I put, I use air quotes for that mm. because you know, you don't usually stick around with someone you dated right. as friends. It's just, it's hard, but she was, she was really, she was a good, she was a good woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, that That is one of my, I don't have that many regrets, but one of my regrets was hurting her. Yeah. I, I never wanted to. It was not cool. Yeah. So my biggest regret one of them, I, like I said, I, I think the mistakes I've made, I've learned from, but like, I, I don't have any regrets in regards to my own life mm-hmm. and like maybe regrets is a totally different episode, uh-huh. but I will say like, um, one of the things I do regret is when my decisions have hurt other people. Sure. Um, but let, I, I would like to get off the topic of regrets cause that's a whole nother episode. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know where my deep rooted fear of being abandoned comes from cause it's happened and it's been just as bad as I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. I guess we can tie that into the last part of like this part of the discussion where it's like, you know, we were able to persevere through it. Yeah. So do you want to start on that? Yeah. Unless so, you have something else to say. Well, on. to add on kind of what you were saying, um, again, this actually, I think I mentioned this a couple episodes ago, where like it actually triggers a reoccurring nightmare of mine mm. where like it's everything's fine. I'm not going to repeat myself too much, but everything's fine at first. And then like everyone and everything in the dream will turn on me. 
and seek out to destroy me in one way or another. And I literally wake up after being destroyed. And that's, a, again, I've had that since childhood. That weird nightmare. I don't know where that the intensity comes from. How I've been able to deal with, uh, deal with it? I am a lot more honest with people now. I'm honest with what I'm able to bring to the table. I don't build myself up to be more than I am. I can confidently... I can confidently set expectations, I think, with people. And I also challenge myself to set, like, contingencies, you know, just in case I don't, or just in case um, something does go wrong. Not that it's always the healthiest thing to do, but I do think it's it helps you to put effort towards someone. Like, when you care about someone that much to where you get completely torn up if you were to disappoint them in any way... Mm then it always makes more sense to just put the effort towards it then. Put the effort towards you're not going to disappoint them. And hey, you also have to accept that everyone's going to be disappointed by something once in a while. That is very true. And I needed to learn so badly that just because you disappoint someone does not mean they hate you. It does not mean they want you dead. does not mean they want you gone. Here's the thing. I know the difference because I've dealt with friendships before where literally they've said, I'm excommunicating you. The words... I'm excommunicating you. I'm sorry. We're, we're going back to the Middle Ages. <laughs> you are or like John Wick over here, excommunicado, yeah. like legitimately, and they did it twice to me. That's and, really stupid. But like little, but that, again, that was in like middle school slash high school. But still, that kind uh, of memory. I, know, I was middle like, middle schoolers knew that kind of vocabulary. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> they were Catholic, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I, and that was like that was terrifying to me because I was like that. That's literally the ultimate trigger right there. It's like a friend literally says, everything you did was wrong. And you're the reason this is not going to work. A friendship, mind you. But the people aren't like that. Normal people aren't like that. Yeah, you may disappoint them. And it sucks when I disappoint someone still. Yeah. But I always have to just keep telling myself, this is, it's going to be fine. It helps if the other person also says it's going to be fine. Um, But you have to tell yourself it's fine. Right. You are the one who has to actually set that in You have to choose to believe the good thoughts and right. kind of not 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 that like um the bad thoughts could also be like hey this is something you need to work on mm-hmm. but also the irrational bad thoughts that yeah. are just trying to keep you down you have right. to learn to push those away absolutely um i love how you touched on the fact that some people are just not pleasable yeah so the the first girl that i fell in love with when she abandoned me she was unpleasable mm-hmm. like nothing i could have done was good enough for her yeah that's not my fault mm-hmm. did i do everything right absolutely not but I didn't do anything that like what should have ended the relationship. It was just all that was all on her. That was mm-hmm. a choice she made. She chose to be like, okay, you're not good enough. I'm leaving. Yeah. You, you know, oddly enough, that being my first girlfriend and her being so hard to please, mm-hmm. that was um, I would have done anything to stay with her. So she could have came back and said, I want you to uh, do something stupid. So have done it, right? Make yeah. it something ridiculous, and I would have done it because I had no confidence. Sure. And like it took forever. I took so I had to go through therapy. Not really her fault. I, I still needed some growing to do. I need someone to help me process that type of relationship and what yeah. it's like to get over something like that. And it, it took me a good nine months to get over mm-hmm. her. When I had to go, when I finally did process that, I was like, okay, therapist said I did nothing wrong mm-hmm. in, the, in regards to the breakup. I did nothing wrong. Right. So she can say that all she wants, but it's, it's up to me to have to choose to believe it. Sure. I have to choose to believe I was good enough, but she made the choice that I wasn't. Mm-hmm. I had to be like, okay, that that relationship, the way it ended, wasn't my fault because I did everything I could to, to make it work, and I, I did all this self work on myself, and it turns out she wasn't willing to do anything for herself yeah. to make the relationship work. So, like you said, you have to choose to believe that you are competent, 
you are good enough. Mm-hmm. You, you won't, you're going to do your best to not let people down. Yeah. I had a friend who, no matter what I did, same thing. Like it was just like criticize something. And he was one of those guys that would use the Bible to, to twist his opinion into the absolute truth. Mm-hmm. And that's really annoying because, um, he kind of, do, he can quote the Bible better than me. So, mm-hmm. he, you know, I don't have a counter scripture, right. but uh, anyway, that's a little sidebar. So, like, you have to understand when someone is unpleasable, too. Mm-hmm. And, like, no matter what you do, they're going to take offense. They're going to they're gonna throw stuff at you like, man, you really left me to dry. You don't care. If you have confidence in yourself and you're able to see past that, like, well, what they're saying doesn't match up with who I actually am. Right. That's how you know you're actually making progress and being a confident person. You also want to make your intentions clear. So, like, yeah. a, a common instance for me, I love humor, right? Mm-hmm. I love kind of pushing the envelope, you know, sometimes. And there are some friends who I can go absolutely crazy with when it comes to humor. But then, like, there are a couple friends, like, I can do that for a little bit. And then, like, one thing will set them off. And I'm like, oh, crap, what did I do? Like, how is that? What did I do different, you know? Mm -hmm. And they won't even, sometimes they won't even give you a straight answer. They're just like, wow, how could you say something like that? I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, as long as you make your intentions clear and seek out, like, hey, I meant, you actually have to be apologetic about it, too. Like, you approach that person, even if it doesn't make sense to you logically or emotionally, you guys say, hey, I'm so sorry you know like if that offended you i'm so sorry if i did something yeah. wrong was not my intention right and if they're mature about it and you're mature about it then nothing will go wrong yeah uh you know what that's really good i'm willing to change how i talk for somebody if mm-hmm. like say okay i used to curse a lot i don't curse anymore if i'm really tired or if i've had a few drinks sometimes mm-hmm. stuff will slip out yeah but I, i've gotten really good now at like no more cursing there are some people, man, that like they just get so mad when you say something wrong. They oh, get so yeah. they choose to get so offended. Mm-hmm. So what I'll usually do is like, hey, bro, I, you know, when you're around, I don't mind trying to tone down certain jokes I make or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, I do make it very clear with them. I'm yeah. not going to change who I am mm-hmm. just to try to make you happy. Right. Because uh, one, I thought his standards for what makes a good conversation were just really weird right. and really off. And I think it came from a place of like just wanting to be offended at something. Sure. So I, I told this guy. Um, look, bro, like, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry that I upset you, bro, but I'm not, I'm not about to change my personality yeah. just to fit some kind of what your picture of a friend looks like, you know right. what I mean? Like, cause then at that point I'm not being myself and I'm also dipping into territory of worrying about what other people think. And I, I can't, I, I did that for so long before I started gaining confidence in my own end. Yeah. There's a huge difference between people trying to tell you, yeah. uh, who you are and then trying to help you become a better you absolutely mm. yeah it's such a big so now let's try to dip we, we keep touching on it but let's go into like how do we how have we improved it or how have we gotten over it yeah well like i was saying it's really just more honesty yeah making your intentions clear mm-hmm. again i'm a very i i have a lot of irrational fear and it just helps to sort of meditate on it. i actually have to sort of withdraw from conversation and actually social interaction in order to do this yeah but just literally sit on it and dwell on it it sucks to do that for like an hour or two (laughs) and just telling myself it's going to be okay yeah you're gonna be fine and now like the more i do that the shorter those periods of time have to be to where i can just probably pull out for like 10 minutes now and say hey it's gonna be fine i I feel bad for our audience because you and me kind of are going at it for from a perspective of an overthinker right we're both overthinkers so you're right so on our end when something like that happens we have to we have to kind of shift it around and rearrange our brains to be like okay look 
Yeah. It's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. We gotta talk ourselves down. Mm-hmm. We gotta we gotta talk ourselves into believing. It's completely rearranging your train of thought. Yeah, and it, it's hard. Yeah, it's, it's hard cool. because uh, an overthinker's brain is gonna move a thousand miles per hour. Yeah, all the time. Mm-hmm. And we're, we always constantly overanalyze something, mm-hmm. um, and it, it's tough. But when we get through it, it's like um, I, it took me forever to learn how to do it. I wasn't. I was like maybe twenty four, twenty five when I was finally like okay. Here's how I need to really start thinking. Mm-hmm. So for me, what it looked like was, um, you know, the fear of abandonment thing. Um, I had, to, I think it also was rooted in uh, low self-confidence. Yeah. And how I started doing that, working on low self-confidence was um, I started to look at how people like talk to me. So whenever I'd make a joke and people would laugh, I had to start believing, okay, I'm actually funny. Right. Like, okay, so that, that's a good thing about me. Um, I had a lot of people say... Um, now, this kind of sounds like a little pretentious, but I've had a lot of people say, bro, you're like my best friend. Oh. And uh, I haven't always reciprocated the feeling because I was like, right. really? I am? Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Who are what? you again? <laughs> yeah. Like, I, dude, I met you like two weeks ago. Right. Yeah. That's, that's weird to me. That's but, happened to me before. Yeah. <laughs> but I've had a lot of people say that. So I started thinking like, well, I must be really relatable. I must be like really easy to talk to. Sure. I do notice people confide in me pretty easily. Mm-hmm. So I started thinking, okay, well, I'm, I'm, I'm relatable. People like to open up to me. People do like it. People do enjoy talking to me. They're laughing at my jokes. Yeah. How my confidence rose when it came to dating mm-hmm. was, so the first girlfriend, before she went crazy and abandoned me, mm-hmm. uh, she started talking, uh, she, she kept complimenting me and said, like, man, like, you're, you're everything I looked for. You're blah, blah, blah. You know, you're all, she gave me all these really good compliments that I actually never believed about myself. Right. And then when she, le- and then when she left I, and I started dating again, uh, I dated a few girls in between the next girl that I fell in love with. Mm-hmm. And I had to start listening to what they were saying about me and they were saying good things. Things. Uh, one girl, we only kind of talked for two weeks, but she said, "Like, man, you really ask about my day. You know, you're so caring." And then uh, the the one girl I, after that, um, she's like, "You know, same thing. Compliments, compliments, compliments." Oh, yeah. It's a choice, but I had to choose to believe what they were saying about me. The, go- the good things, and like, it's hard. Uh, my best friend now, she does call it. She does uh, call it out when I'm doing when there's something I need to improve. Yeah, she is very good. So you have to also set aside your ego. And, like, think about, okay, well, here's what I actually really need to improve on. When I was getting these compliments, I had to, I have to take them and I have to believe them. Mm -hmm. I have to choose to because, like, if my voice is the only voice that's being down on myself, but everyone else is telling me, like, I'm a great guy, I'm really fun to talk to, I'm a good boyfriend, you know, it doesn't make sense that the only voice, my voice, telling me I'm not that, but everyone else is telling me I am good enough, I am cool, I am fun to talk to. I was like, man, maybe this guy inside my head that keeps telling me I'm not good enough is full of crap, you know? And I was like, okay. So I had to really start believing how everyone else saw me because everyone else saw my worth and everyone else saw my value. I had to make a choice to agree with what they were saying. To be clear, at least from my, from my perspective, that's a daily fight for me. Sure. Now, like, that's just kind of how things are sometimes. Like, you're not magically better overnight. It's no, a process, not. and for me, yeah, that's a daily fight. Not maybe not like every day, but right. like to believe what people are telling yeah, you. It is because it's so easy to fall off that yeah, wagon and absolutely. to beat up yourself. Because I mean, you would know your own weaknesses, and sometimes it feels good just to beat yourself up about something. Like it's a sick thing, but like that's yeah. just the reality of the situation. That's right. Yeah, yeah. But you're right. Um, it is. Um, it is a daily battle. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's less so. It's not every day. Mm-hmm. But yeah, every now and then, I, I I'm I'm insecure all the time. Absolutely. You know what yeah. I mean. Um, but eventually, you have to go back to 
like you know choosing mm-hmm. to not believe what your mind is telling you about yourself oh yeah and that's everybody Here, here's another thing a lot of people choose to think they're the only ones that struggle with this and that helps them choose to isolate themselves more when in yeah. actuality everyone kind of struggles with this with self-worth mm-hmm. with confidence with all that like everyone has those thoughts so especially the people who don't seem like they do exactly oh yeah 100 <laughs> percent. the funniest people guys the funniest yeah. guys oh, have a lot gosh. going on in their head geez i mean look up any comedian like ever like yeah. they will tell you about yeah. it <laughs> yeah so i mean it's going to be a while before i ever open up about my past and like what i actually went through to get to where i am now yeah but i mean this gives you a little bit of like just a little bit of my background you know what i'm saying i don't know Everything I've been through has prepared me for where I'm at now. Sure. And I'm in so much better shape than where I was three years ago. Oh, yeah. And I would say for you too as well. Oh, I don't know if you I don't know if you've come to that realization yet, but we're both very different people from when we first met. Oh, for real. And yeah. I th- I think uh we've always had the good dynamic, but I, I would say like not just our friendship has improved over the years, but the growth between us I think has been exponential. No. So well, the fact we can have these conversations, like I couldn't have done this three years ago. Sure. Because I still was in that place of like I don't believe I'm a good person. I don't believe I have any worth. It's really it it's because I think um it's a great benefit to learn about yourself, to really yeah. dive in and do self evaluation a lot. Um, because again, if you don't know, then why work on it? You know. Right. So it listen to people around you. If they're telling you good things, like, mm-hmm. believe it, like, own it. Yeah. If they're telling you things that you can improve on, like, really counsel that, you know, like, really think about it. You know, if it's not, if you feel great about yourself, don't change a thing, but you can always improve yourself. How would you filter out the people that are unreasonable? If someone's talking trash to you mm-hmm. and you're like, man, like, how do you know, like, is this guy saying actual legit criticism? Um, something I need to work on? I or is say, he just saying, is he just yeah. saying something to hurt my feelings? I would say compare and contrast. What do the majority say about you? Yeah. How long have you known this person? Do they have any emotional equity with you? Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people who tell me how I should do things or how I should act, and they're usually the minority, but they're so sure about it. And I'm not saying they're necessarily 100% wrong, it's kind of arrogant to say, but if you're happy with yourself and the majority of people are saying the complete opposite, then I think it's safe to listen to the majority in that point. Like, keep it in your mind, you know, keep it in mind, you know, maybe I can watch out for that. But honestly, as long as they, if they make their intentions good, like, hey, I love you, bro. This is what I've been noticing. Just don't like throw it off, you know, remember and think about it. But like, if you feel like that's not a problem, like if you, and you've intentionally uh, made that a priority to like kind of hone in on and you still feel like, uh, that's not you or you know it was maybe a one-time situation then don't worry about it i would say yeah um that's really good because mm-hmm. like you gotta be able to filter out who's being a bully yeah and who's actually trying to help me if they're like completely hostile about it i barely yeah. ever listen i'd never listen yeah to and you know what um i'll take something someone says and run it through somebody i trust absolutely and then like hey does this actually hold water is it something i need to work on yeah. if they say no bro that dude was just being a jerk now also avoid your yes men friends there are a lot for of sure. people like that for sure uh but yeah you want someone yeah. who's going to be honest with no, you. no 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 uh, anyone who has a best friend mm. typically I'm, i mean i don't see how you can have a super toxic best friend i mean i guess it happens uh, it ha- oh i've seen it <laughs> yeah but um i don't know I'm, I'm a good judge of character and i think i could take something someone tells me like hey i don't know what to do with this do i agree or disagree mm. i can run it by them and be like hey is this something i actually really need to work on and they'll tell me yes or oh, no. yeah but I, that's a good i think that's another good way to do it mm. uh, if, especially if it's someone you don't know or like man like what, what are you talking about you there's know, crazy you... people do who run up to me all the time and tell me random stuff 
and yeah, that's another daily struggle is just filtering out and throwing away all the garbage and uh, yeah. finding, you know, the, the few, you know, the few jewels, you know, in there that will actually make you a better person. Yeah. But because you always want to be a better person. Absolutely. But you don't, if you change for everyone, then you're not going to be anything. You don't ever want to stop growing. Yeah. You don't even like, I don't care where you're at in your life. Mm-hmm. If I, if I, whenever, whenever I do get married and I'm sitting here like, all right, there's nothing to, to improve on. There's nothing to change. Success. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just take the success and run. Yeah. You know, you, you're always wanting to grow. You're always wanting to be a better person and, and that should never want to stop mm-hmm. because like, I promise you when I get married, there's going to be all sorts of issues that I have that I didn't know were there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I always have to be willing to listen and take feedback. And even if it hurts in the moment, criticism, I mm-hmm. need to be willing to take a step back and do some self-evaluation. Oh, yeah. You know, so that's the lesson here, kids, is never stop growing. Never stop growing. <laughs> well, it's going to be an awkward transition because we went from the super deep conversation to like, hey, we're about to try a new food item. The common trope. Shaps is hungry, so we need to bring out food to satisfy his needs. Have you still not eaten today? No. (laughs) Bro, we were fiddling with this equipment for an hour or two. It was like, oh man, he's got to be hungry. (laughs) Okay, so I have with me the box. I don't know if our audience has ever tried the Cheetos mac and cheese. This is just a regular bold and cheesy. It is fantastic. So just hearing the thought, Shaps, what are your thoughts on this? Like, what, What would you think if you saw this in the grocery store? If I saw that in the grocery store, yeah. um, geez, initial thoughts. I'm like, I'd I, th- that might be good. Might be good. And then I've and then I like I change my mind and I just keep on moving. You know, there's actually no description now. Looking at the box, I was hoping for like uh, I don't know. Rob Rob really serenaded me with his words. That is a few true. That everything ago. needs something like that. So yeah. With this, it could be like uh, mac and cheesy power or something like I don't know. Like, yeah, but like hearing Rob open up his heart and tell us about how man I cooked this that's up. True. There's emotional equity yeah. there. Yeah. I'm like, like I look at cheese mac and cheese. Like don't get me wrong, it's got Chester cheese you just on see, it. You just see corporate America. It's yeah. finest. Yeah, I'm looking like there's the nutrition facts box. I ran off to grab this box real quick, and there's no description on it. So I'm well, actually... what's the back say right there? Creamy, cheesy, and so easy to love. Made okay. with authentic Cheetos cheesiness. There we go. Okay, <laughs> I was hoping to be like, yeah, we. Uh, my son had a dream that mac and cheese one day would be transferred over with Cheetos uh, to make a it, horrible love child. I could see it being like, it's so good you will Cheeto on your wife or something like that. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Shaps, we have it here in front of us. We yes. have our, our lovely producer stopped by and dropped it off. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Oops, sorry, hit the mic again. Um, it, it did get a little cold here. What do you think looking at it? How does it look? Not what I expected. It does not look like a Cheeto. Oh yeah, definitely not. It smells like regular like Kraft mac and cheese though. Okay, so uh, okay, so you're saying the smell doesn't really stand out to you? No, no. I will say the colors. I, uh, full disclosure, I have already tried this. It is it is phenomenal. Oh really? But I'm excited. um, yeah, I'm probably talking it up too much. But <laughs> um, and I've also tried the flaming hot. But I'll talk about that after we try this. So I guess if you're ready. Yeah, that's uh, three, two. Huh? Huh? So ex- ex- it, um, expand on your huh. Well, it kind of just tastes like how it smells. To be honest, I don't. I don't get the Cheeto vibe. I kind of get just mac and craft mac and cheese. Vibe. See, it doesn't taste like craft to me. It does have a stronger like taste to it. I do think it does taste different from regular mac and cheese. And it, I don't know. I put a I put a can of chicken in it to, for the protein, mm-hmm. and it makes the the chicken all cheesy. Like it's it's good. Interesting. I'd say. 
Um, huh. Now, audience, you can't see it, but he's still eating. So maybe I'm hoping his opinion will improve of the product. Cause no, I'm just nourishing myself, bro. Yeah, no. I honestly think it's phenomenal. I, I bought like eight boxes of it. I eat it once a day. There's like little bits of cheese in here that tastes really good. I kind of wish it was like double the amount of that. Yeah. Well, maybe you could try mixing it up and putting two packets <laughs> and into the macaroni. Yeah, probably because you make it like a big bowl of this or something. Yeah. I tried the Flamin' Hot. And that I'm interested in. It's too hot. Really? But yeah. Like it, it. It's way hotter than actual hot Cheetos, which I love. I'll, I'll eat those uh-huh. handful after handful. No, I'd have to go. I would actually argue that the the hot stuff is way too hot. Yeah, it's just really? too much. It's way hotter than the chip. It's like times two. That's a that's actually a good point. Um, what do you prefer, hot Cheetos or Takis? I mean, Takis are good. They, I just don't like the flavor of them. It's too oh, okay. it's too strong and not like strong and hot. It's too hot. But sense of like. I don't know. It's got that like lime twist to it, mm-hmm. and the, the the lime is just too strong for me. So I, I actually prefer a hot Cheeto. I actually am the opposite. I like Takis a lot. I mean, I do like hot Cheetos, but yeah, the more I eat this, uh, the more I kind of like thinking about Cheetos. I think uh, it's bringing up some similarities, maybe. But here it is, guys. You hear yeah. that? He's coming around. <laughs> just to make you happy. You oh you're the worst. Just tell me what I want to hear. <laughs> yeah, I'm a yes man friend. You see, I was talking about that earlier. What yeah. a toxic relationship we have. <laughs> I don't know. As soon as we yell cut, I'm about to eat the rest of this. So I mean, I love it. If you're ever on your own and you want to try the hot stuff, like I mean, give it a try just to see if you like it. But yeah. it was way too hot, bro. I can't do really? it. I've, I've tried it twice, and because the the first time I tried the hot stuff, my buddy made it, and I was like, eh, too much. Okay. But I was thinking maybe he just made it weird. I don't want to copy the hot ones because everyone's doing that. But I do think holding, trying to hold a conversation with like a bowl of hot wings or something like that would be really, really fun. Fun? Oh yeah. I think it'd be hard because I'm hard so, and you're yeah. gonna hear me chewing in the microphone, yum yum, <laughs> and then like trying to carry conversation. I don't know. Oh uh, no, I I, yeah. I see that image. And I think it's beautiful, honestly. <laughs> oh, I feel full. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, guys, uh, I guess the episode's a little bit shorter, but um, we had to go through what you know. We want to have deep topics too. I'm still reeling from losing that one episode with Bree, so we had to throw something in there for the one episode. Discussers. Exactly, it's gone from our memories. Uh-huh. So, all right, guys, this has been the Third Wheel Podcast. I thank you for joining us this week, and we'll see you next time. Say bye, chaps. Bye, Caleb. <laughs>